secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business, and today I have Dennis and Denise Blankenmeyer from Crowworks, and I am really excited to hear what your story is and about Crowworks in general, because I just was looking at your website, digging through that, and it sounds like a fantastic company. So tell us about Proworks. Well, thanks, Catherine, for having us. Um, I'll speak a little bit the first about the, the founding. And I was working as an architect and just was getting a little bit uh, bored with it. And it just seemed like I was a little bit more of a CAD jockey than actually an architect. So... <laughs> So Denise and I decided to take the leap and started a little 1,200 square foot store in Grandview. And we did that for quite a long time and was trying to figure out how we could sell furnishings. And it was just a mom and pop shop. So we didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of, uh, didn't have a lot of scale on anything. And it was really difficult. And I think the biggest thing, the takeaway at that time was, we were kind of slugging through it, and we just could not create value for the customer. I mean, we tried and tried and tried, but we just could not. You know, the things were the pieces that we have are expensive. We were buying from somebody else. It just could not make the numbers work, and we just it was a very kind of low time in our lives, honestly, because we just couldn't find a way out to do something that provided that that value proposition for the customer. So, and then. Really in 07, 08, we had moved the store to Polaris and we just happened to start doing uh, a little bit of work with uh, Pink Limited Brands and Abercrombie. And then they started kind of asking if we could start to make things and we didn't know how to do it. So we just said, yes, we can make it. Of course, so, that's the right answer. You, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you say yes to you say yes to you. You actually figure it out. So that was kind of the thing that uh, just being able to work with the companies. And I'll finish and let Denise talk a little bit. But you know that one day, Limited Brands asked us if we could make thirty shoe racks, which was kind of a vintage piece. In and we said, of course, we said yes. And I just looked at Denise. How much effort would you and I have to put in to selling 30 of anything to a residential customer? Right. And it was really easy at that time that day. It was like, okay, we're going to go strictly commercial, get all the residential, get all the retail, and go strictly commercial furniture, which we did. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate that we can work well together. <laughs> I don't know that many husband and wife teams that do that, but... We've always been able to kind of bounce ideas off of each other and just kind of run with it. And I think we're both high risk takers. So that's another piece of where it's easy to say yes. And then you kind of step back and say, okay, we said yes. Now let's figure out how. Uh, so that's the kind of the creative excitement piece about what we can do is you see the excitement from a, a customer or a guest, um, whether it's in the retail world or the restaurant world. 
And you can see when they say yes to something that you want to give them this amazing experience behind it. Right. So I think that's kind of what has always driven us, even when we had the retail days. When we couldn't sell a lot uh, quickly from a value standpoint and from a scalability standpoint, but there was nothing better than having a customer come in and buy a sofa or a chair or even a candle and just have them walk out saying, feeling really proud about mm-hmm. that product that we just bought. So I think that kind of keeps us going and energizes us today. Yeah, and I have seen and sat upon many of the items that you have because uh, they are in a lot of different restaurants that I think a lot of people frequent. And I will say this is, you know, there are a lot of, you know, places that have furniture, but yours is definitely distinctive. It definitely makes mm-hmm. it feel special when you sit on that, which may sound crazy, but you are delivering, I think, still that same feeling, but now just kind of more mass produced. And at, uh, what at what part of that are you still are you still much and very much involved in the design of it? What 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 do you each do in your roles? That's interesting. <laughs> it's more of a founder type level. We are uh, actually we have a product development meeting this afternoon, so we're still involved, pretty involved in the uh, design and you know, kind of the quality and how things are made. I think what's changed now is. The clients are driving the design. And before, when we were starting, it was Denise and I driving mm-hmm, the design. Mm-hmm. So we have to be a little more receptive to what their needs are. Because we're dealing with billion-dollar businesses with the, you know, they have a whole design staff. And when we first started out on this journey, we didn't have to deal with that at all. It was just something, a lot of it is just hit and miss. So we think, oh, this, is a, this, is a, this would work in the marketplace. But now the clients are really driving um, that kind of aesthetic thing, which is, which is fine. And yeah, I just feel like no matter when we started, we wanted a world-class client experience period. That's, that's what we wanted. And I always admired Abercrombie for the fact that they didn't really advertise. They just did it on brand. And so Mm -hmm. we've always, and even to this day, been really involved in the look feel of the brand, if it's marketing material or if it's even internal you know, how does our team members feel when they're in this space and what can we do to make their lives a little easier? So that's a little, I think, a pretty holistic view of trying to trying to make the world a better place and make people feel good in their environments, no matter if it's in the plant here or in Johnstown offices or somebody sitting in a, you know, a chair in a, a quick service restaurant. That's, that's really, really cool. And, um, you had talked about a little bit about your journey was a little bit of some twists and turns and things like that. Um, as owners of this company, what would you say would be the one uh, business moment that gave you the biggest challenge? Biggest challenge. With Hollister. I instantly, I don't know why my head went here, but when we got to a point with the retail store, it was something that we still loved. And we knew that no matter what, we were going to continue to be passionate and go in that direction of the world of furniture. But when it got to be points where it was just like low is low, going, why are we still here? Why are we not closing our doors? And literally swiping our own credit cards to be able to pay our you know employees to make payroll. Those are some dark moments. But it was still those moments where I think this were, you know, working together comes into play. If I was down, Dennis would pick me up. And if he was down, I would pick him up and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. And Dennis's father was one of our biggest cheerleaders and said, just keep the doors open, just keep the doors open. And 
That was always kind of our mantra in the back of our mind to say, no matter how tough it gets, we're keeping the doors open. And thankfully, you know, we kind of kept to that. And now we are where we are. I I love that you brought that up. I think it's a really a powerful statement because I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, well, running a business is easy, you know, especially once you tasted success, what could go possibly wrong? And it is a constant learning experience, pr- creative problem solving. And you just decided, you know, just it's, it's not going to close and we're just going to figure this out. And I think that's a very powerful message for people. Um, but with that said, who would you consider your ideal client? Ooh, I'd say um, somebody who values design and quality. Um, sustainability has been a big uh, kind of a, a, a big selling point for us because our supply chain is we, we don't import anything from overseas. Our supply chain within uh, all the contiguous states of Ohio, so Michigan, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, Pennsylvania. So very small carbon footprint. And I think I never thought I'd say this, Catherine. I never thought. I mean, I, I've said it for 25 years. I've banged on the drum about, you know, globalization and making things in America and that sort of thing. And it's resonating now with these billion dollar companies. Finally, it's been I think it took COVID when their supply chain got wiped out. And, yes. you know, your 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 container costs go from five thousand to thirty thousand or twenty five thousand. You know, they they just was like, okay, we are very fragile here from kind of ha- owning our thing. And you know, one of our biggest customers is Wendy's and Starbucks, and they can go anywhere in the world, but they they choose us because they do feel like they're getting value. They feel like they're getting the sustainability and the fact that um, you know, kind of lower lead times because we're we do everything in the Midwest here. And I think that's a fantastic formula to have, especially in a furniture making company, that you have all of those touch points. And it seems like you have a fair amount of clients that also believe that same philosophy. We definitely love to bring clients here to our manufacturing plant because I, I don't think we've ever had a client here that once they walk through to meet our people and to see what we do that haven't become an official client where we're supplying furniture to them. So it's all about relationship building and just finding win-wins, um, what works for them. It goes kind of back to the value. If it works for us, it works for them. If it works for them, it works for us. And just working with them on designs and development of just the relationship. And I think that's honestly how we've gotten several of our um, clients is if they're jumping ship from one company, they're going to another company, they're circling back with us and saying, you guys did a great job with us back in this company. Can you help us now? So that's been a huge benefit too. Yeah, it's a little bit like the retail days. The, the <laughs> they stay, they tend to stay in the same industry, but just jump from, you know, they get pulled away and that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. And the ha- it's like, yeah, you guys move around, and then I can get into your company, you know, and start selling my stuff there, <laughs> which is is in a way, you know, kind of fun. And you also get uh, great referrals because they work with you in the past, and yep. they know your story and your quality mm-hmm. and things like that. And it just makes the sale a lot easier. So that's a great tip for people as well that are running a business. Now, this has obviously been going great since day one. And <laughs> and um, so you decided then you wanted to try something that's called uh, a ghostwriter, public house. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did that how did that idea come about? And what made you decide to do something so completely different? 
Well, I think if you ask Dennis and I separate, you know, in separate rooms, this question, we have different answers. Uh, but we both love to go out and experience a great meal. Um, and just, you know, we love to travel and just kind of find different places that just kind of speak to our aesthetic and design. And Ghostwriter was an opportunity. You know, we have clients that always kind of wanted to see a showroom. It's kind of our marketing showroom when we do bring ProWorks clients in. It's all the furniture at Ghostwriters uh, produced and made through ProWorks. But there's a piece about just kind of giving back to the community and giving back to our uh, team members. You know, Ghostwriters in Johnstown, Ohio, which doesn't have a whole lot of restaurant options there. So knowing that we were bringing 25 to 30 um, CrowWorks team members, giving them a place to go after, you know, after work for happy hour to bring clients in, to kind of bring their families in. It was a place, kind of a showcase for them to kind of own themselves. Um, it's a branch of CrowWorks. So it's just a great opportunity to give back to the community and our team members and, you know, make great food. And again, have people sit in our chairs and sit at our tables and share life together. That's really good, Denise, but you know, you know how I, well, the reason I say, I said, <laughs> this did, is his story. I said, we did it because we're not very smart. <laughs> is, we, we definitely got a lot of people from the industry saying, why don't open a restaurant? Definitely don't open a restaurant. And it, we just happened to open in November of 2019, which was even better for, you know, <laughs> the world that we were in. But we're still around and I, we're very, I think we're very proud of just the culture there too. And, you know, the aesthetic and it's the, uh, Catherine, I feel like it's the ultimate design problem, right? Because it's not just a painting. It's not just uh, interior design. It's not just the food. It's the hospitality. It's the music. It's, it's a very complicated design problem. And, and when it's on, there's nothing better than watching that. Um, oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And just like retail, what you were talking about before, it is about creating a, an experience, but just a, on a different, you know, I guess, floor plan. You know, now it's a, a building with this sort of feel to it. And it's really not that different from what you've created with furniture and the experience of that. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, <laughs> we have a friend that, you know, I think gave us the ultimate compliment. And he said that you guys create uh, spaces that people don't want to leave. And I uh -huh. thought that was like, I, that was the nicest thing anybody ever said to us, I think. That is really nice. That is really nice. And especially since I see all the people hanging out in Panera, they clearly cannot get off of your furniture. <laughs> 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 um, now I'm going to have to ask you both, what did you do as kids that um, – was fun and innovative and creative that was not work-related? What is the thing that you used to do before you had to basically get a job? Mm. You know, when I read that question, my mind went back to my childhood. <clears throat> and I think it was literally maybe a day or two after we watched the movie Barbie. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely lived in the Barbie world. <laughs> uh, I had a sister that was a little older than me and a brother that was a little younger than me. And I think back on my childhood of taking stacks of books that we had and opening them up and building houses and rooms with our Barbies in them. And, you know, you open a book and you have two walls instantly. Right. So to kind of create little fun spaces like that, I, I don't know, always love to rearrange furniture and um, thinking back on that world of even creating small spaces. You talked about like building forts. I mean, that was a constant in our household, just building forts, whether it was indoor or outdoor, 
just making fun little spaces and bringing neighbors together in love and life. That's really cool. And how about for you, Dennis? I think it's interesting that that comment before in work life, I think that Denise and I both started very early, um, like 12 or 13 when we started working in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But uh, we grew up in a very small town of a thousand people, rural area. So there wasn't a lot to do, but, you know, to do the riding bikes, get outside, you know, kind of thing. Don't come back until the sun sets or dinner's ready kind of thing. <laughs> but for, for me personally, I just remember I had an enormous bin of Legos and not kind of the Legos that we have today where you make something. These are just building block type Legos blocks, that they did yeah. in the 70s. And I just remember spending hours and making spaceships and planes and houses and that sort of thing. And I just... I never got tired of it. I did. I, I did. I played with it all, all the time. So that was kind of a formative moment. And, and we had a big box of wood blocks. It was just leftover material from when my dad, mom built the house. And I just played with that and army men for days and days. <laughs> well, it's not too difficult of a stretch to kind of draw a line between what you guys did and what you're doing now, because it is definitely a passion of yours that it always kind of has been. When you think about it, you know, just like you said, creating rooms and experiences and, you know, lifestyles, if you will, all the way up to just building. And it it makes perfect sense that you are where you are right now and just still doing that and still feeding that passion, which is really kind of cool. What are you doing now, though, that um, also still ignites a lot of that? I mean, do you still build things? Well, I guess you're doing that. You are doing that now. So what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing beyond that that is is fun and innovative and relaxing? I mean, just lets you unplug from work for a while. You take the unplug and I'll take the other one. (laughs) We do a lot, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, We have some of our good friends. One of their sons says, well, what are the Blankemeyers up to now? They're always doing a project. So it seems like every time, you know, we turn around, we're, we're working on something and building something for sure, whether it's our home or, you know, restaurant or patio or something. Um, it's, it's been fun, but I was thinking about yesterday, we have more freedom now because we have an amazing team. So being able to take a, an afternoon walk with our new grandson yesterday, you know, in the woods and just being inspired by space and the surroundings of the woods and the trees, it was just pretty special. We have... Amazing life. Awesome. Yeah, I think from what's next, we, I, we're working on a large format entertainment type venue that we're going to launch here in the next couple of years. I can't spend a lot of time on it because it's, it's not work. It's not fully fleshed out, but we've been working on it for five years. And we kind of put it on not, I would say maybe a pause, not stop during COVID because a lot of the, um, how people interact with the restaurants or how they, their lives are going to just kind of changing based on what COVID did to the industry and how you pay to, you know, a little bit more time outside, even if it's a little colder, people are looking like they could put up with it because they've been cooped up for so long. So we're working on a large, and this is the one, Catherine, I mean, Ghost Rider was not really meant to scale, but this is the one that we think that could scale and could really resonate. And it's a very much a place that we want for community and interpersonal interactions where, as you know, the, 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 drive-in, the drive-in now with the 
you know, the dining room's getting smaller. I just think there's a really yearning for people to get together and, and have fun together. So that's what we're kind of concentrating on. Well, that's really exciting. So you're just continuing to build and create and make things and yeah. just the Legos just got bigger. And the, the yeah, I haven't been giddy. I haven't been giddy about a project in a while. And this one makes me giddy because I can see that I can see how it could resonate through people. All right. Well, um, Denise, it, it makes Dennis giddy. But how do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. You know, it's it's been a lot of emotions, ups and downs, because there's there's part of me where I'm a little tired of building. Um <laughs> Back to the walk in the woods with the grandkids. <laughs> I just want to do exactly. that. Now. So it's definitely the balance between it. But when when I see the excitement that he has, and you know, after hours he's in his office and he's working through some projects and some problems, I know it makes him happy. So ultimately, you know, I'm right there next to him to support it. But I think it was yesterday or two days ago. He said, "Okay, I'm on number forty-two iteration of this design." <laughs> so. I start to, you know, lose interest a little bit, but then I gain it back when I see the excitement come back. Yeah, so let me know when you get there. Yeah. yeah. Let me know when you get there, then I'll get excited again. Yeah, this, this, this one's a grind. There's a lot of components to it. It's a very much a, a grind because it's, it, it's, it's not something that's in the marketplace right now. So there's a lots of question marks and oh those details to work through. And the details are... Uh, not hundreds, but thousands of details to make it sing. But you got to so get them right. And that's, I think that's what's so fun is we can kind of bounce ideas off of each other. Of What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or how should this look? Or how should that feel? And when, when you walk down that path, you know, and you kind of work through it together, you can get to the end and say, that feels really good. I love it. I love it. The innovation is definitely still alive, still burning, as is the entrepreneurship, which is fantastic. Now, you two have known each other for a long time. Have you always been like this, where you're always, you know, big thinking, dreaming, um, wanting to build stuff together? Mm. I heard that you're like high school school sweethearts. You guys high school sweethearts? Uh, yeah, but we went to the same grade, two of 52, So, and she has a very similar last name, so I sat behind her <laughs> every other year. We have known each other since kindergarten. Yes. But I, I think about one of my first jobs was at a carryout that also had a little restaurant in it, and Dennis was working for a manufacturing firm down the road, and he would come in after work, and I would make him dinner. And I, I don't know, I was, want to say maybe 15 at the time, 15, 16. Oh, my goodness. So thinking back. You know, it, it, it's like those little seeds started to drop into our lives back then. But yeah, and it's and it's still still going strong. Thirty five awesome. years next week. I am so happy that you guys found each other because you are very <laughs> like minded, <laughs> and <laughs> you're very like minded, and you have, are doing just such amazing things. Your company is fantastic. Like I said, I I think your work is beautiful. And I love that you have created a business that is basically kind of like self-run now that you get to do other things and kind of keep those creative juices flowing and keep building and making things and, and doing fun things. But Dennis, you were talking about like reinventing and making another business, but did we talk about what you'd like to do just for fun? Do you ever unplug or you just, uh, <laughs> Denise said she likes the walks in the woods, but, and you can feel free to expand on that too. But what do you do when you're not working? Are you ever not working? <laughs> um, never not working. It's like, but, um, 
I get to think a lot. And so I don't have any hobbies, but I just love to bike and walk. And again, we make it a point to, you know, we have some free time. Our, ki- our kids were empty nesters. So we can, we go out to dinner quite a bit to just try to find new things. We did it on Sunday. We said, Hey, we're just going to go to some breweries that we had never gone to before to see how, just see how the footprint is, see how the layout is, see how they serve people, see what the culture is. So we, we do a lot of that. Um, do I do anything else? (laughs) We do travel quite a bit. Uh, you know, we're taking a vacation, not a vacation, but a, a trip for our anniversary. And my mom asked me, she said, are you sure it's a trip for fun or are you working? (laughs) Question. You're right. You caught us the first couple of days. We'll definitely work. Uh, but it's fun, fun work. So yeah enjoyment but we it's fun but with a little of, bit of an a little bit of an uh, in, you know a little motive behind it of, of re, it's research it's all research <laughs> it's research we, we, Catherine we've never not done this we've been in business since 95 so like we never turn it off because like we don't have that chance where we're not together we're always together you know what I mean in the yeah. evenings in the mornings it's not like it's not your typical marriage, you know, you know, you go off and you come back and how was your day? And we really don't have those conversations because I'm your day was my day. I'm witnessing it. <laughs> yeah. I had to ask that question though, because I had somebody ask me that question. It's like, what are you not working? And I'm like, I, but I like it. I mean, does that count if it's, if it's fun and it, I find it interesting and I'm learning something and all of that. So, um, I had to ask you the same thing because I was seeing a lot of my own pattern going on with you too. Yeah. Yeah. I love to cook and uh, we host quite a bit. So that's always fun for us too. And that's, there we go. We do fun things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a good Um, life. I wouldn't trade it for anybody's. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I, like, again, I, I think what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. I love that you are making the world just a little bit nicer and more comfortable and in in a variety of ways. And the ideas are not stopping. I appreciate you so much for being on this podcast too. And I would like to, if anything, you know, kind of check back with you guys and see how this next new project is going too, because it sounds fun and cool and probably something that everybody would be interested in. We're hoping spring of 2025, hoping, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of work to do. Okay. All right. Well, we will watch the news on that one. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I love talking with you. You guys are just a, a real powerhouse in your industry. And it's it's been uh, my honor to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Catherine. Thank Thanks you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.